podcast has bad words. <laughs> All right, y'all. Here, this is the Maximal. We are here with Josh Klein, and we are talking about bartering. We're going to talk about buying nothing. We're going to talk about consumption. And uh, we're going to talk about a lot more. We have some mm-hmm. surprise questions here as well. But I've got this article from Buy Nothing. I'm going to get to it in a second. We do this little segment called More About Less. But before we do that, I wanted to start with Stephanie's question because I think this article ties well into that. Ryan, would you mind reading Stephanie's question? Sure. How is Have Need different from Buy Nothing? Is it app-based? How do you connect and give to people not in your local community? I'm a development team member for the Buy Nothing Project. I help establish and start new Buy Nothing groups. This team is what gets the groups going all over the globe. Currently, we have around 6,500 or so Facebook Buy Nothing groups. Weird flex, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you have? Right, exactly. (laughs) It's like, man, so the minimalists have 100 free local meetup groups, and now I feel totally inferior, right? you know? That's it. We're out of here. Yeah, let's. Mm -hmm. So so I do want to get to this question because buy nothing, I I know quite a bit about them, also free cycle. So maybe we could sort of delineate. In fact, that's Diana's question here. How does have need differ from free cycle? So let's talk about all of those things. Let's talk about have need. Let's talk about buy nothing. Let's talk about free cycle because it seems mm. to me that they're all sort of simpatico. There's yep. no, it's yeah. not a competitive effort here. We're not talking about Apple yeah. versus Windows right. or something. I, right. I don't think it's competitive either. And in fact, I'm an active member of the Buy Nothing Network in my neighborhood. Oh, yeah, okay. I heard you talk about that in one of the podcasts yeah. I was listening to. And I, I, I think it's great. And it goes back to this idea that there's a range of things in your life that you're on one side happy to like, like nobody's going to want this. I have to throw it away. It's a big bummer. Right. One degree up from that is I don't want it anymore. And I don't think I've got any value associated to it, mm-hmm. but somebody else may very well need it. Yeah. And that's buy nothing, right? Yes, it, yeah. it is, it is inherently a gifting society sort of concept, mm-hmm. uh, gifting economy. Uh, and I'm sorry, what was her name? Stephanie? Uh, yes, yeah, Stephanie. Stephanie. So I'd love to talk to Stephanie at some point when you're hearing this, Stephanie, please reach out. All right. Be, be, because th- this buy nothing concept is important. Um, I have contributed goods and services through buy nothing. I had somebody in my neighborhood who was looking for uh, one of those like itty bitty book lights. Mm-hmm. And I, I just remembered I had one in a drawer somewhere and I hadn't used it in 10 years. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not going to take the time to list that thing on eBay. Yeah. And so I immediately answered back, I'm happy to give this to you. Somebody drives up to my house 10 minutes later. I hand it to her. We've got a community connection. Hey, nice to meet you. Yeah. Go sign up for have need. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like if you love buy nothing, you're going to love yeah, have need. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. It's a honeypot. I'm now I'm offering everything on buy nothing to like scrape their users. Right. Right. No, it, it's I, I think it's great. And I offered, um, I, I replaced uh, a key on somebody's laptop in my neighborhood uh, through a similar connection. Like I'm happy to provide something for free if I'm if I can do it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, if I have, um, so like I've got an old iMac sitting in storage that I'm going to throw up on have need this weekend, like. I may only want somebody uh, to, you can donate through my platform also, but mm-hmm. you know, I actually do need some like touch up painting around my place. So if there's somebody or a barter loop as we call it, that would, that would allow me to give an iMac to somebody mm-hmm. and I've got the paint, but I know if I do it, I'm gonna splatter paint all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like right. I'm, I'm, there are things I'm good at and there are things I'm not. 
house painting is not in my skill set. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not going to take, I'm busy doing other stuff, so I'm not going to take the time to be a great house painter mm-hmm. um, unless I had to. And so if I could trade out this iMac, that there's some value clearly in that thing, but mm-hmm. not so much that I needed to like list it on eBay or offer up or something. Um, and then somebody else could come over and like do some touch-up painting around my house. That works for me. And that, that is a transaction that won't work on buy nothing or free cycle, uh-huh. right? So th- these, these platforms represent different use cases. Yes. So, right. so can we differentiate buy nothing from free cycle? Can you give us a, a bit of a rundown? Yeah. I know there, there, there's probably 80% overlap, but is it? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I'm, I'm not expert. I, I've spent more attention recently uh-huh. on buy nothing because uh-huh. I'm participating in it. Sure. When I started researching the concept behind have need, I was looking at free cycle. Yes. And I, and I think, uh, it's been around for a lot longer in their communities globally, right? Yes. If I recall. Um, I don't know why Buy Nothing has picked up a head of steam recently as opposed to Free Cycle just getting a second wind mm-hmm. more so. Uh, I, the, the two women who started Buy Nothing are, um, they're really good at getting that message out and mm-hmm. I think it's resonating, especially over the last year, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I'd love to see their growth statistics over the last year. I, I bet it's been an absolute hockey stick. Yeah. So um, I just think right time, right place, this organization uh, is really effective at their sort of their growth and their outreach and it's resonating with people, mm-hmm. right? It, yeah. it goes back to community, right? Yeah. I, I do it for community. I'm happy to help people. Yeah. You talked about awesome. barter loops. How how big can those loops be? Because when I think of a barter loop, it it's often <laughs> can be the three of us, but right. theoretically it could be 13 different people in, in some sort of loop, right? Yeah. So it, it's, um, it's a little arbitrary. Yeah. Uh, it, it has to do with the complexity of the transactions and the compute resources necessary over a population of people to create these loops. So our platform is this hyper dynamic platform. Like you list haves and or needs. And on the platform side, we're generating these loops all the time. Mm. So for instance, uh, you're gonna list that pen. Mm -hmm. And now in the background, we're just generating possible trades for that pen all day long. And in in the app, you're gonna see, you know, it's like a, it's a dating app for your stuff. That's the concept, (laughs) right? You're gonna be like, no, 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 Eh, maybe. Yeah. And so you can join as many loops as you want mm-hmm. with that pen. But the first one of those loops where all the other people also join, mm-hmm. that's that's a closed loop. Now we're all in this thing together. So for instance, physically, if you kind of look at this room, if with that pen, if you turned around and joined with uh, people behind you, mm-hmm. if I joined with this glass with people behind me, mm-hmm. but the one loop we had was that timer, this glass and that pen, and we all joined, mm-hmm. then all these other loops blow up instantly and they're just right. gone. So they're, it's ephemeral, right? Those, those, they're, they're not logical loops. They're just kind of in the ether. Right? Yeah. So that, that data model is very complex. And yeah. once you get out to like very large loops, you know, we're talking each time you add a person, in a loop mm-hmm. or a possible loop, it's an order of magnitude more compute resources because it's happening all around us. Right. So we started with, um, and it was arbitrary. Let's see what it looks like with 10 people. And that's a lot of compute resources. Mm. And then it, it was also too many options. 
Mm. So even with, I'll give you an example. So uh, when we're doing software testing, it's, it's uh, we run all of our fixes and bug fixes and stuff against six users with five haves and five needs each. And uh, in a random analysis, you get uh, like 11 two-person trades out of that group last time we did this test. By the time you get it to five people, we got like 3,279 possible trades with the same people and the same items. Mm -hmm. So it's just orders of magnitude, more options, but also on the back end, more complexity. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if you have that timer in front of you mm -hmm. and you have a thousand possibilities, do you need 10,000 possibilities or a hundred thousand? You're never gonna get to them. Mm -hmm. So the, the trick is in like figuring out what, what the right loop size is mm. and then presenting the information and you know, having an algorithm that actually like puts the right options in front of you. Mm -hmm. And we'll just, we'll get better at that over time. It's curating in a way. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're curating options for you. Uh -huh. And as time goes on and we have more data in the system and more trades and we, we learn more about the patterns of trading, and you get into machine learning and like surfacing the most likely trades mm -hmm. instead of just the, the soonest ones or the most recent possibilities that come in. And, you know, we'll, so we'll start with two person trades because right. that's gold, right? Yeah, that's right. a mutual coincidence of wants. Right. If it's you and me and we have offsetting haves and needs, done, 100% right. chance of success. Right. Uh -huh. If it's the three of us, We've, now we've got an asynchronous, likely an asynchronous transaction, yes. mm -hmm. right? Unless we all agree to meet at a Starbucks and do the trade at the same time. Right. It, is, it, is <laughs> it is asynchronous. I mean, I would prefer to be your coffee shop, but I'm, I don't know if I'm gonna travel that far. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Right. So, so uh, Bandit Coffee, right? Right, right. yeah. Okay. St. Pete. So yeah. I, I need to ask about Bandit Coffee. I got a note to ask about. Right, I, okay. I need to know what the I was going to order some, but I need to know what the medium roast is because I'm not like a dark. Coffee. Oh, they're all light roasts. They're, we don't do any. We don't burn our coffee. Okay, like Pete. Yeah. <laughs> that's I, what that's I what a dark roast is. It's burnt coffee. Yeah. 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 I, I don't like burnt coffee. Right. Okay, yeah, I see that. Okay, so we we capped it at five. Going back to your question, we have capped it at five mm. because there are so many options. If you in the test group, if you list an iPhone or an iPad, like a high value item or like mm. noise canceling headphones, all of a sudden you've got like hundreds or thousands of options for this one thing oh. at five. Uh -huh. So there's just no reason to go out to 10 and make it harder on us and more expensive to run these compute resources all mm. the time because at five, the options are just bountiful. Yes. Now, now, what are some incredible. of the, the biggest examples of uh, the most popular items that you see on your platform? So um, we are and, and we are talking while we're rolling out to our like initial groups of uh -huh. their private groups, actually. So um, and come, you know, in June, they'll still be private groups. Later in the year, it'll be publicly available to anyone. So okay. sometime in Q3, anyone, you can download it now, you just can't get into the app, mm, right? Okay. Unless you're one of these private groups. And the reason is because Barter is inherently a trust-based transaction, yeah. right? It is communal, going back to that. Yeah. And we don't allow any anonymity on the platform, right? This isn't a yeah. crypto, or yeah. a, a blockchain solution where like you don't, you know, zero trust, you don't have to know the person, but they're obligated to transact because of the blockchain, right? Yeah. Like that's, that's not where we're at, or the smart contract. Mm -hmm. We want people to know who they're transacting with. We want this to be community oriented. We launch with private groups. People know each other in these private groups. So whether it's 
a company, a, a Facebook neighborhood group, a next door neighborhood group. Uh, we're working with some charities, uh, some schools, like these families know each other. Um, imagine if you know we all, everybody in this room was involved in a trade and one of us didn't fulfill their obligation. You'd be like, dude, dude, in the app says you owe me the guitar lesson and you're right. like, yeah, I'm just not gonna do it. Right. So that's unlikely to happen yeah. if we all know each other. Yeah, right, absolutely. but then there will be some sort of uh, way to hold that person accountable with the app as well as a rating system. How, how, how does that work? Yeah, so, so there's a rating system. Uh, each, each person's own transaction in the app gets rated. Uh-huh. Kind of like you would with Airbnb where mm-hmm. I, I rate the host, the host rates me mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, so if, if, I get, if I get the timer from you, uh-huh. um, then I'll say, you know, I received it. So now, now that's a fulfilled transaction, and then I have to rate it before I can move on. Mm. Okay. Right? So like eBay, you don't have to rate anything. Like we right. really want people to rate the transaction. Right. And so, but because this is a newly launched startup, mm-hmm. you know, our rating doesn't mean shit. Mm-hmm. Right? So we have to keep people accountable. And one way we do that in our launch strategy is by doing private groups because it's just so unlikely people that have an, a, a pre-existing association with each other would actually screw each other over. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a number of features that, that are gonna be in the app before we actually open it to the public. And one of them is a thing known as digital ID verification. And they're, they're, this is not unique to us. And in fact, it won't even be our technology. We're just integrating somebody else's. And it's one of those sites, um, not one of those sites, one of those features, like if you sign up for an account on an e-commerce platform or a bank account or something, like uh, they're gonna ask you to take a picture of your driver's license right. and then maybe a video selfie where you have to look around a little bit. Sure. Mm-hmm. On the background, uh, what they're doing is they know what that ID is supposed to look like. They know if it's been you know, messed around with. Mm-hmm. Um, they can, with a high degree of confidence, know that it's your face on that ID and it hasn't been altered. Right. And so um, in the app, then you'll get a little check mark next to somebody's name who's gone through that process. Uh, mm. Verified, yeah. Yeah, so verified identity. Mm-hmm. And so na- now you'll have either you're in a private group with somebody and you're being rated on your transactions or the platform itself knows exactly who you are, right? Mm-hmm. If, if I have provided my identity to a platform where I'm there to trade with other people, mm-hmm. I'm much less likely to step out of bounds. Yeah. So, you know, nothing's perfect. No e-commerce platform is perfect. Sure. All we can do is what's commercially Except available. Amazon. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how dare you? Yeah. Amazon is perfect, That's don't right. you say anything. Yeah. So all we can do is what's commercially uh, available and reasonable to do to protect our users. Mm. And then once we get beyond that, you know, there's probably gonna be a lot of interaction with customer support staff mm-hmm. and end users who've been reported about not transacting. Yeah. And then it's about protecting the rest of the community from those users and getting them out of the community as quickly as we can mm-hmm. until we can ascertain whether it's, hey, you didn't, you didn't give the guitar lessons, Ryan, because you're a schmuck mm-hmm. or you moved for a new job oh, yeah. and you literally just can't great point, yeah. come over to give the guitar lessons. So then what we have to do, because we, we have the ability in the app to, just, to provide donations. When you list something, you can say, I wanna trade it, or I'm prepared to give this for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's up to you to determine, like people will say, I want it, right? Mm-hmm. They'll search for it, they'll find it, they'll ask for it. Mm-hmm. And you can look at everybody who's asked for, say it's my iMac, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
a bunch of people in my neighborhood would probably want that. And then I can scroll through the list and, and read the little you know blurb mm-hmm. about like why they want it. And mm-hmm. then I can feel good about picking the one like, oh, is a single working mom. Mm-hmm. She's got a kid in school, doesn't have a computer. Yeah. This would really help her out, you know, as opposed to, hey, I really want your iMac so I can sell it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, um, you know, we have some options there. Yeah. yeah. And we just want to protect the users in our groups. Nothing's perfect. We will do the best we can. Yeah. You're but, always going to have people take advantage of any type of system for right. sure. But it sounds like you're doing an awesome job of like doing as much work up front as possible. We're trying. A piece of me wishes that they would do this with all social media platforms. Because yeah. oh, I really the, think... The, the verification? Of the yes, because I really totally. think it's the worst. It's what creates trolls. It's yeah. what creates... Keyboard assassins. Right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. The, the things that I see anonymous people say, they would never, ever, ever say to someone's face. Yeah. Or, or even on social media, if people could track who they were or say, right. oh, I know... Because you couldn't get a job if right. you, you know, if totally. you're... yeah. No, yeah, I, so, you, so you can't log into ours with like a Google login and there's no slam on that little button because there's a usefulness to that. Like you can't just log in with, you know, an, an anonymous account. Mm-hmm. Like we've just got to know who these people are. Right. And especially when we open up later in the year to the, the broad public. Yeah. I like the example of, uh, well, yeah, maybe I don't want to get this computer to someone who's just going to sell it on eBay. But there, then there are actually some cases where it's like, man, I've got this whole storage locker full of stuff. I don't really want to list it on eBay, but I could use some accounting services or something. And there's a way that I can, you know what? If someone's willing to come just take this stuff, they can sell it. Yeah, I don't care about that. Like, yeah. Good for you. Come yeah. Trade up. Right. Right. That's and, fine. And that way it's actually taking a burden off of my plate. Uh, we see that with, with uh, estate sales all the time. Uh, my brother-in-law, he bought a house recently in Minnesota. Mm. And there was an estate sale company that had... Uh, it took care of the the auction of the house and the stuff that was in the house. I think the house sold for about two hundred thousand mm. dollars, but there was two hundred and forty thousand dollars worth of stuff in the house. Now some of that was like old stamp collections. There was like a hundred thousand dollars worth of Christmas ornaments. No, that's insane. Wow. That yeah. sounds like a crazy house. Uh, yeah, wow. yeah. I mean, the person was definitely a hoarder, wow. um, but also a collector of of things that had appreciated over the years, although they were all just sort of collecting dust. And the point is, uh, by being able to put that up on an app, you could trade a lot of these things and actually get things that you would get value from. Now, sometimes it can, yeah, sell some stuff on eBay, especially when I was in debt. It made total sense for me to... Yeah, anything that was over twenty bucks, I was trying I to sell. Cash, right? Yeah, right. I needed I needed some cash at the time. It was worth it at the time. Now, if there's something where I'm like, yeah, I might get twenty two dollars for this, there's a good chance I'm probably going to donate it. Right. Now, now there's another option right, you can though. Trade it out. So I, I'm a similar use case as as to what you just said. Not not the Christmas ornaments. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> but <laughs> a hundred th- half of the worth of the house inside the house was Christmas ornaments. Yeah. yeah, wow. yeah. What what did you get when your parents died? <laughs> Six figures. Hundred thousand dollars in Christmas in ornaments. Christmas ornaments. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but over the over the past year, I, so I'm I'm not unique among people like the statistics about people with uh, a storage unit. Like I have one. There's some things I've got some family heirlooms, like some pieces, like large pieces of art for my grandparents' house in Dallas. Like I don't Mm. have a place for that right now in my house. I've got to put it somewhere, right? And it it is valuable to me. And at some point, if I move, like it's like there's just some things I'm not prepared to let go of. And it's not it's not the box of first through fourth grade, right? It's it's not that. Like it's like real 
tangible art. I just don't have a wall for it in my right. house. But the rest of my storage unit over the past year, I would look at me like, what the, I'm paying rent for some furniture from my second startup, which shut down over 10 years ago. Oh, wow. So like I've clearly spent more on rent mm -hmm. for this crap then it would have cost me to give it away right. and repurchase it 10 years later. Right. Right. So it's a, this crazy cycle of just like, I have to hold on to this crap. Mm -hmm. so and then along the way, there no one's getting any value from that stuff as yeah. it sits there sort of locked away in perpetuity. Mm -hmm. It's in this like this purgatory. Yeah. Uh, it of wants stuff. to be used. Yeah. Right? yeah. The desk wants somebody to yeah. use it. Right. It makes me think about, you talked about a producer that reached out to you and had the storage unit full of music equipment yeah and it's like i could only imagine the amazing things that this person has um right. yeah mixing boards and and uh, musical gear yeah. and so th those are use cases we look at a lot like so yeah. i know in my neighborhood so th there's there's a lot of functionality in this platform that that was influenced by my own life and my own community and so so laurel canyon is is pretty community oriented mm -hmm. and you know, my son was like the oldest of his sort of group of friends. Mm. And so my family ended up being the one to always buy like ski clothes. Mm. And then the, the following year, some lucky kid who's a little younger got my son's crap. Mm. So we were doing this. We were moving stuff around and, and basically, you know, have need platforming in the, in the analog world. Mm. And so... I know that categories like music, and so I've got friends who are musicians and, and that they're always trading stuff out. Yeah. Like I needed this, this pedal because I was recording this thing and mm -hmm. now, now I don't need this pedal anymore or I've right. moved on to another mixing board. Yeah. So the, there, there are some categories that are like really high turnover in the real world. And we know people want to like move that stuff around. They want, they, there's a lot and like an innate velocity of how that stuff moves around the world anyway, mm. yeah. or it just gathers dust. Mm. Right. Right. So we're, we're sort of like the lubrication that allows that stuff to move along. Yeah. yeah that's what's know? fascinating about that is it's almost as though many of those things that already have that velocity, they're so they're actually in high demand. And yet there's so many of them out there that are just in basements and attics yeah. and everything. And people want them so bad. And that's where you know, it, a place like Buy Nothing or Free Cycle or Have Need, they, they step in and say, well, hey, here's, a, here's an opportunity for you to serve other people with your stuff and that stuff yeah. to serve those people as well. Mm. Now, there are other things, obviously, that they are junk to just about everyone. And yeah. I, I think sometimes we have to recognize that, that quite often it's junk to everyone except me and I'm clinging to it because I've imparted some sort of meaning mm -hmm. onto the thing, right? And, and so, well, it's the sunk cost fallacy, right? Like, oh, I paid $5,000 for this widget. And so it's, it's like, gotta be worth. You guys make me look around my house all the time. <laughs> so, so I'm like, mm. You welcome or I'm sorry, I don't know it's, which. It's kind of both, <laughs> yeah. but it's like, it's that old like Terminator vision, like the little <laughs> <laughs> like junk, not junk, junk, not junk. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So um, yeah, the thing to think about is the, val the value of a thing is 
whenever someone's willing to pay for it or barter for it, right? Yeah. And so, so it's relative value mm, now. Exactly. What's it worth to you? Yeah, and, and so whereas before it had to be worth a dollar amount and therefore that's what the market dictated, we're talking about a different kind of market mm-hmm. now. It's not the, the same sort of, I mean, I guess it's part of the sort of Adam Smith invisible hand thing, but, mm-hmm. but it's a twist on that mm-hmm. to an extent. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So uh, like an example I've, I've given, because you know we're, we're a tech startup and I'm constantly pitching, mm-hmm. right? Whether for you know, services from other organizations or raising money. And so I, I've seen every kind of friction thrown at me about why, you know, like any startup would, like why your thing won't work. And unless you can explain aggressively why it will work, nobody's gonna pay attention. Mm. But an, an example I give about the sort of, the perceived value I have of an item and its relative value against your item, good or services, mm-hmm. I may have a, a used iPad or an old iPad that I don't even use anymore. And you may have an ashtray. So well, that sounds like a shitty trade, mm-hmm. right? But what if that ashtray was from a restaurant in Italy that I went to on my honeymoon and that restaurant like burned down? Mm. And so I'll never be able to go there again. All of a sudden, that ashtray is actually really valuable to me. Mm. And I don't associate any value to the old iPad that I haven't turned on in a year. So that trade all of a sudden makes all the sense in the world to me. You have to add additional context in order to make that work. But yeah, yeah, you realize that um, we give meaning to those things because quite often we have an experience based around it, or we just impart meaning because society has told us we're supposed to have certain things. Right. Mm. That's where the problem is. But the the bartering in the situation that you're talking about here, y- you're p- talking about increasing value for both parties. Yeah, I mean, both yeah. both sides win on that one, yeah. right? And and so you know that ashtray, if it was just an ashtray from you know. I guess Subway doesn't have ashtrays, but if it was, if it's like, you know, <laughs> chill. <used> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> uh-huh. That crazy. Just yeah. like, just like airplane seats used to. Yeah. Yeah. But it would have no value and that would be in the, in the classification of junk. Mm-hmm. Right. But because there's inherent emotional attachment to this thing, now it's got actual value and I'm prepared to trade something that has no emotional value to me, but has, you know, you have a need for it or your kid has a need for it. Like, great. Take the iPad. Yeah. I get the ashtray. Win, win. Yeah. Everybody wins. Right. Is there, is there like a number when people sign up for have need, are they required to list like a certain amount of items they have a certain amount of items that they need? Like how, how does it work? Best. Yeah. So here's how it worked best. Here's how it works best. English is good. So <laughs> Me here, like English yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> it worked best by. Um, it is a marketplace that the fuel for the marketplace is on a healthy collection of haves and needs within each of these groups. So um, the example I'll give is I'm old enough to remember when Yahoo launched and there was a Yahoo classifieds section mm. and this was like an html web page and you'd start with like it's all like craigslist really but it was like yahoo global yahoo us yahoo california right yahoo southern california and you're just clicking through all these things right yahoo los angeles you finally get to your part of los angeles and it, like there, there wasn't shit in the room right i, I went through like 20 different it's like uh, get smart mm. and was like all the doors and everything oh. i went through all that and i got to the room and there was just nothing in it right so you know marketplaces only work if there's stuff in there right and so the 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 best practice here 
for people to to log in and sign up and like go through the process is add some things. Mm. And and there's not a minimum because we don't want to put friction in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it the more stuff. It's like a community, right? The more stuff you put in there, but haves and sense. needs. By the way, it's yeah. not just yeah. like either or. Mm-hmm. Then the more there is for us to process, and the, and the algorithm does its work to like now publish out options for people. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if if you said uh, I have guitar lessons mm-hmm. to give, mm-hmm. and nobody put it as a need then we don't have any the connection points. We don't have any data points to connect there. So, right. we, so we really do need people. That's the fuel for the platform, is, is the listing of haves and needs. Now, yeah. are there best practices for listing the items? So that, is it descriptions? Is it photos? Like, wh- yeah, what is the best, I mean, categories. Yeah, 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 yeah so tags. We, yeah, so we categorize everything. You know, it's very similar to um, you know, any e-commerce mobile app, whether mm. it's eBay, or offer up like adding items. The only difference is you can add haves and needs and either goods or services. So instead of like most of these like apps, you're just all you're going to list are haves that are goods, mm. right? So we're, we've got sort of four dimensions to that: haves and needs, goods and services on both categories. And we we map to this is getting in the weeds here, but we map to a data taxonomy, for instance, that. Amazon, the perfect company of the world uh, that Amazon uses, just to make it easy for Praise people. Praise be to Jeff Bezos. <laughs> and, under his eye. <laughs> what would Jeff do? <laughs> what would Jeff do? It's good. We just, you know, we, we don't want to recreate the wheel on some of this stuff. So when you're in the app and you're, you're listing, oh, I have an iPad or I have an iMac or I've got, you know, a bike. You know, it's the same kind of categories you're going to see yeah. at other at other Sporting e-commerce goods, electronics, yeah. Exactly. You could probably drill down a little bit further yeah. under those categories. Yeah. yeah. And then on the, the on the services side of things, um, we we map to some like there there are some services uh, sites out there whether it's like Home Advisor, Angie and things like that. And even Amazon has a services platform that they did a pretty good job hmm. of having this data taxonomy out there about how you break down services. You know, they they do their work in the background for sure. You know they had that. You know they they've morphed it into some other things okay. now where you can you can buy something on Amazon and have somebody come over and install it, right? So right. they they've turned it into something else, but they they used to publish out the categories for yeah. this stuff. Cool. And so it's another example like we don't want to recreate the wheel. We we want it because this is pretty unique. This offering's not pretty, it's unique as an offering. Mm-hmm. So we wanna make it as familiar as possible in the areas where we can make it familiar. Mm-hmm. So when you're listing haves or needs, it shouldn't be like, I don't even know what's happening here. It's like, post an item, add some data, pick the category, take a picture with your phone, publish it, done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go have a cup of coffee mm-hmm. and then come back and we've done some work on the platform side and you'll look and oh, I've got some options here. That's the way it should work. Yeah. right. Yeah, I, I would think also like it, just like on eBay or any any other place, like having a concise description that explains exactly what it is is helpful. Having the best lighting in your pictures is always helpful. You know, you, you, there's nothing worse than if you go on eBay and you're like, I thought I bought a black shirt, but it's purple. Yeah, God, I'm so glad that you pay attention to detail like this because <laughs> I feel like out of all of us, you would be the one to. Look. Describe these, yeah, these important parts of it. But it is; those are our important, very important things. And they're important yeah. because we don't often realize it. Like we shouldn't notice it if it's done well, right? right? That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, so there's there's chat capability in the app. Like we we want people 
to be comfortable with, with what they're getting uh-huh. before they arrange for this transaction. Nice. They should have a comfort level with the person they're transacting with and what they're getting. So right. if I want to trade like weed for a gun, I can do that on your app? <laughs> <laughs> no, I heard you say uh, no drugs, no guns, no sex. That's right. Right. Yeah. No, no pets. No. Okay, no animals. No animals. animals. Human trafficking. No human trafficking, yeah. right. <laughs> and and what, what's interesting is I, we just redid the terms of service right before we launched because we pushed out terms of service a couple of years ago, like, Oh, just get something like a, like a template out there for the moment. Right. And then, you know, over the last, you know, months here, um, you know, I, I'd had some outreach from some groups that, um, had heard about have need in, in terms of it being a potential survival currency. Mm. And like, I just never considered this. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, listen, have need is apolitical, Right. This is it's communal. Right. It's apolitical, um, regardless of what my personal politics are. Right. Um, have needs not there to put forth my view of the political world. <laughs> right. The but first question before someone signs up isn't yeah. like, how what did is you vote? <laughs> right. Yeah. Who did you vote for? Yeah. So, so this outreach from you know a, a um, just a different political bent. Yeah. That and saying you know I'd heard about you on on this. Uh, this online conference about survival currencies and I'm mm-hmm. like really That's and so wild. and so I actually uh, agreed to have a, a pretty long chat with one of the people associated with that because I just kind of wanted to know like how would you use this now a really nice conversation state I, I made very clear like I, I don't want to even talk about your politics I just want to know what you're thinking mm-hmm. yeah. about this platform and so, you know, I had to update our terms of service after that. So it's like, if you're on, and this person wasn't, but it made me think about if you're on the FBI watch list, if you're, oh, you know, yeah. if, if you're going to use this platform uh, anywhere along the political spectrum uh, to further some other effort. Some political agenda. Yeah. yeah. Then that, that's not where this, you're not going to do it on this platform. Yeah. And so no drugs, no sex, no human trafficking, mm-hmm. um, no pet transactions yeah. and if you're on any of like interpol or fbi watch list like mm. you're out why yeah. the no pet thing that's fascinating that, that's lumped in with everything else um because people steal pets uh, okay and they steal they're, they're trafficking pets unfortunately yeah. and i would also sense. think like then you start to get to like because we're thinking cats and dogs but then there's like the exotic pets that you got to worry about and that's right. yeah there's a, i would see there's a right. lot so of if I, could, if I could yeah. go on vacation somewhere and, and smuggle a bird in or something, and now I can trade that for something I'm allowed to sell. Like, yeah. it's an exotic animal I'm not allowed to have, a lizard or something. I'm not allowed to have it in the United States, but I smuggled it in my suitcase, and now I can trade that for a computer that I can sell on eBay. Right. And yeah. now, we, now we've enabled an illegal transaction. Yeah. So we that can't have sense. that. But hey, Josh, if you got that weed and still need that gun, I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's definitely a marketplace for that. It's just not have needed. Right, right. So, um, yeah, Ryan could get on there and say, I'm offering foot massages. <laughs> <laughs> I really could, though, actually. I mean, yeah, I yeah, mean, in a non, yeah, I mean, you said that really creepily, but. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if I yeah. see a picture of you and I don't know you, and it's just like, ha- has <laughs> foot massages. Right, it's massages. Ryan with a foot next yeah. to like, Oh, my God. Needs ammunition. <laughs> like, Wait a minute. Like, I don't know about that trade. How yeah. many people is it going to take in the loop to get to that right. trade? I love that you have an algorithm for this loop because, like you said, it would be really easy for the loop to close really quick 
but if you have the right algorithm, it sounds like you yeah. could. It's it's much more scalable. Yeah. It and it it will get smarter over time. Yeah. Right. So over time, it becomes this idea of, you know, the first thing you see in your feed is like, oh, I hadn't even thought of that. Mm. Like, but the, yeah, I would totally do that. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and it's that's no different than you go online. Like, how did they know to put an ad in front of me like that? Right. Now we're not tying into we're not selling anybody's data. Right. We're not tying into any third parties' uh, data on our users. Mm -hmm. So we're not buying or selling data, um, but we can make assumptions about people's trading patterns, yeah. the more they trade in the platform. Yeah. So over time, it'll just become a smarter platform. Yeah. That's good to know. I think, because uh, when I heard you, um, I forget what podcast I was listening to that you're on, but my, one of my first thoughts, I was like, oh, wow, like in a way he's gathering data and I knew you weren't selling it, but I could see where people would be like, oh, shoot, is yeah, Josh going to- what I have. Yeah, is Josh going to sell my data? Yeah. It's one thing that Amazon knows what you buy. It's another thing that Amazon know would know what you're giving up to get it. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, now they know wow. too yeah. much about it. It's a whole other level. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I never thought about it that way because, um, yeah, it's the two-sided thing. I'm no longer just giving up currency because everyone on Amazon gives up. Well, I, actually, that's probably not even true either. I bet you they adjust pricing based mm -hmm. on your demographics now. I, I have no doubt that, that that's possible and your for them. credit card points, you can use that stuff too. Now your credit card knows what you traded their points for on Amazon, and right. it's yeah. a sticky wicket. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, we, we do not buy or sell customer data. That's that's super important. Really we got some questions here, Ryan. You want to dive into some of these surprise questions? Yeah, you know, let's um, let's go down to Dana's real quick because we've already touched on it in a way. There's a way to screen the person. Uh, I'm sorry, she asks, is there a way to screen the person you're bartering with? So you kind of talked about that with the verified. Um, I would prefer not to barter with a hoarder. So that's interesting. Like how you know how do you? That, that Order would seem like the best person. To, like, you don't want to order so. with me. I don't have right, anything. That's a, right. right. You, you guys are useless. Right. Like, exactly. Oh, order. exactly. Oh, I could end up with a hundred thousand dollars for the Christmas ornament. You know. <laughs> 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 I'll give you fifty thousand. Deal. Ryan's like a week of foot massages. Right. Fifty thousand dollars. I'll give you fifty thousand and a foot massage. Well, you know what I when I thought about this stipulation of Dana's stipulation, I would not prefer to bar barter with a hoarder. I think about hoarders in the sense like the level three papers and cats. Yeah, cats and cat excrement everywhere and yeah. cat hair everywhere. So I could see maybe from a sanitation point of view, like where they're talking about. Yeah. But um, she got real specific there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, I think this goes back to the rating system. If they get something and it, you know, has cat hair all over it, they're going right. to be like, okay, I got this, but right, this is junk. two stars. Yeah, yeah. It's junk. Cause there's cat hair all yeah, over so it. So then nobody will barter with that person anymore. Right. And, and so the person will get weeded out pretty quickly. We would hope so. Yeah. yeah. And also it goes back to chat with the person in the app. Talk yeah. to the person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get to know them. Oh, I love that. How not only does it create a community in the sense of like helping your neighbors out, but you actually get to know your community a little I bit better so. too. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. The, the hoarder thing is fascinating because it depends on what kind of hoarder as Ryan alluded to. We did a whole episode on hoarders yeah. and, and there are basically five stages of hoarding. And I would argue that most of us are stage two hoarders. Mm -hmm. So in, in the clinical sense, I'm not talking about just colloquially, I, we are clinically I'm hoarding. Onto some stuff yeah. that, I don't, that I'm not right. using, but I want to keep. Yeah. Right. And we're almost all certainly uh, level one hoarders, unless we're being intentional about the stuff we bring in and intentional about the stuff we let go of. So I, I understand where you're going. Maybe you don't want to participate in bartering with a level five hoarder, mm -hmm. but. A level one hoarder, like Ryan and I were certainly level one, yeah. level two. In some instances, maybe even level three. Sure. 
Um, and, and so when you look at that, you realize like, oh, no, those are the people who have things that need to be freed. Mm-hmm. And, and and you can right, relinquish that's them. That's a honeypot, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. It, it quite often push that stuff back into the community. Right. Totally agree. And now she also said, I, I, if yeah. someone wants to get rid of something, oh wait, no, that's the next question. But uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want any stolen merchandise, is, is what she said. Yeah, and you know, when I when I saw this part of the question again, I thought to myself, man, like Josh, you are doing everything you can to screen people to like make this as seamless as a uh, and safe safest possible platform. Mm-hmm. But there are going to be people who certainly yeah. take advantage of the platform, so it's it's going to be impossible. To screen, but I, I think those are going to be exceptions. That's not going to be Me the too. rule. So, so it would go back to earlier conversation. In the beginning, it's private groups. In a matter of months, it's going to be open to the public. And at that time, we'll have digital ID verification. Mm-hmm. And if I'm selling uh, a stolen piece of computer equipment, I'm not going to go through that digital ID verification process because yeah, right. I'm not going to attach my official ID to that stolen computer. Yeah. With a photo of the thing right. I stole. Could you imagine right. you went to a pawn shop and they're like, sure, we'll buy that from you, but we need your ID. We need to know your address, where you live. I mean, I know yeah, you're not you'd asking be like, for it. Boom, boom, right, but like, uh, yeah. I'm going to go to the next pawn shop. Or right. even if he was just like, yeah, um, I'll go ahead and buy that from you. He pulls out a camera and just snaps right. your picture real yeah. quick. Right. You'd be like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, if yeah, I was I'm selling just stolen take goods. This thing back. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you are creating a barrier of entry there for someone who would have. Uh, nefarious intentions. Yeah. Yes. And, and we also have a team, not internal, it's a, a service provider with a, with a group of people I've worked with over the past 20 years. And these are people that weed out nefarious activity on networks. Mm-hmm. So um, like when MySpace had a lot of problems with people buying, selling stuff off their pages. This was the team that was brought in to clean that stuff up. And so when I say all I can do is what's commercially reasonable to do, we've implemented the processes, we've got the service providers associated with this activity that it's it's the best that can be done commercially. Yeah, and they, I heard you mention that they cleaned up Craigslist too, right? Is that right? Uh, Is that right? I, I believe it was the team that cleaned up Craigslist. Yeah. I remember I said Which that in an interview, and as soon as I said it, I'm like, I think they did. You're like, maybe it was Craigslist. Oh, okay. It was definitely MySpace. Yeah. And it was, it was the team that uh, the person who runs this organization actually ran family safe computing for Microsoft. So, oh, like, man. across everything Microsoft did, this this guy was in charge of making sure all of those systems were clean of nefarious activity. Hmm. Yeah. We have a question sure. here from Ray. How do we get past the guilt of asking for help? when we have little to nothing to give in exchange. If someone asks for help, something for free, there is a judgment attached. If someone trades and both parties are agreeable, no judgment. If someone wants to get rid of something for free, no judgment. Right, and so it sounds to me like what Have Need does is it matches those people who need something with someone who's willing to get rid of it for yeah. free. So yeah. I, I, I don't ascribe guilt to the person that asks for something for free because the, cause you, you actually just can't go in the platform. And, and it, it, so it's not a buy nothing request, mm-hmm. right? And by the way, I don't, I don't think less of anybody on buy nothing when I see they've asked no. for something. I'm like, if I have it and I don't need anything for it, it is yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. So that's an internal issue. Like, that's not a me issue. That's exactly right. That's a you issue. This is a Ray issue. And Ray, to get past this, realize that people love to give. Like, people really do love to contribute. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, that's probably the the perfect answer. It feels good to help somebody. Absolutely. Anybody who gives 
and would make somebody feel bad about receiving the thing they give, it's kind of a schmuck. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And that's a them issue, not yeah. a, right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Ray should feel uh, better about, um, and it goes back to the beginning of our conversation, which is like, we're all in this together. Like people are in a rough spot right now. Mm-hmm. So I, I think given that we're all in this together, Ray and people like Ray should not have any guilt associated with the the process of putting your hand up and saying, I need help. Yeah, and in a way, when you raise your hand and you give someone the opportunity to give, you're actually doing something for them, for that person that's giving you something. Because yeah. I would love to sit here and say that, uh, you know, when I give something away, it's truly, you know, altruistic and totally selfless, but I am getting- you feel good. Yeah, exactly, I'm getting something from it. So Me really, too. when you're raising your hand and asking for help and someone truly wants to give, you're, you're actually giving them a good yeah. feeling. Yeah. Also, be careful with what you ask for. Sure. Because if you were to come into my house and say, hey, can I have your bed? I'm going to say no. Right. right. And so I think part of the reason that sometimes we might feel guilt is we're, we're not discerning what is appropriate mm-hmm. in the moment. What your app does and what all some of these groups will do is they make it appropriate to either ask for something, to barter. They also make it an appropriate form through which we can contribute to others. Yeah. And so there's this, uh, this shared agreement where instead of if I just walk up to someone on the street and say, hey, can you give me $10? Right. Mm-hmm. Those are great pants. Can I have them? Can I have right. a foot, right. I have a foot rub? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to jail. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Have a seat. <laughs> right. And so, um, I brought yeah. my foot rubbing hands. I, I think that what we're what we're talking about here is being careful of 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 not using people, right? But but being part of a community that contributes to you, but every yeah. relationship, not just intimate relationships, but relationships with other people in your community, even if they're loose relationships, there is an us box in the middle. And you don't just take from it, you give to it. Now, sometimes you can't contribute monetarily. Totally fine. We're not talking about skill. Right. Do you have a skill? Do you have, uh, sometimes someone just needs someone to listen right. to. Uh, to Ray, to, what can you do? Yeah, that's that that goes back to this. It's oh, not yeah. just goods. Yeah. Uh-huh. What what do you do? Right. Is, is there some skill that you could provide for somebody in your community? And by the way, we we have the functionality to say, I'm going to list this mug mm-hmm. and I don't need anything for it. Mm-hmm. And if you if Ray needs a mug, he'll see it and he'll ask for it. Yes. And if nobody else wants it, then it's not a question about whether Ray's going to get it. If mm. two people want it, I'm going to read why they want it, and I'm and I'm going to decide who gets it. But I'm not shaming Ray in the network. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, I love that you're creating like actually a shame-free zone to ask for so. stuff and to give stuff. Yeah. I wish I designed it that way because of that. I'm going to back in like the origin <laughs> story. Eventually, will be like, and here's why we designed <laughs> this feature to make right. people feel sick. That's not it. It just happens to be that's the way it works. Yeah. So any person can list a need for something Mm -hmm. and that doesn't get published out to the network. Mm. It's just, if somebody has that thing Mm -hmm. for free, it'll match that, you know, we'll, we'll create that connection point. So it's just a safe space for putting your hand up. Yeah. That's the brilliant part about it. it. It's have need. It's not need take. Yeah. Which, which we often think if like, and I get it, we get desperate or we're suffering. And so it's like, here's what I need. It's me, 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 me. But part of me is, what do I have that I can give? And what can I contribute? Because not only is that going to help me get what I want, especially through have need, but it's going to it's going to make me feel good because I have the ability to contribute. I no longer feel like I'm just taking, I'm also yeah. giving. Yeah. I think Ray presents a great example for that. He clearly 
wants to be able to give something. Right. Right. If if somebody first a he should people in raised position should feel no shame about saying I need, Mm -hmm. and b uh, he clearly wants to give something. Yeah. So figure out what you can give. Yeah. Maybe it's just like a listening ear. I mean, yeah. anyone I can got listen. Jokes. Yeah. Right. Right. Ray can tell a joke. Yeah. Whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I'll give you a really funny joke. I'll tell you a really funny joke. <laughs> well, who was the guy we saw? We were on tour. We were walking. I forget what city we were in. Maybe it was Perth. Oh, um, yeah. They had a. Um, uh, there was a sign. There was a guy holding a sign that said "Free Hugs." And the person next to him said, premium hugs, $2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there was a line with the person with the premium hugs. Wow, it's And the marketing. free hug person, yeah. Oh, you couldn't give a hug away? Right, you can, because we, we want the premium we, Yeah, we want the premium hugs. version. It is, it is all marketing. And I yeah. feel like that will be sort of version 2.0 of this, is helping people market their haves and market their mm-hmm. needs in a way that makes them more effective contributors to the community. Yeah. It makes me think about, um, I was at a Renaissance festival. You know the one in Ohio, uh-huh. like the really big one. The people come from all over. Ren Fair. Yeah. You but the one like in Ohio. You're buying candles. Right, exactly. Okay. Yeah, they got like, yeah, um, you get the big turkey leg. Yeah. And yeah. yeah the right. the joker or gestures walking around juggling and stuff. There was this one uh, one guy walking around and he came up to me and it was my wife at the time. He was like, uh, uh, I'm selling insults. <laughs> for for, um, see, for for whatever you want to give me, and I was like, okay, I was like, here's a nickel. Yeah. What's the insult? And he looks at my wife, and he was like, your husband's cheap. Done. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Baseline insult. Yeah. Uh, Danielle has a question for us. <clears throat> is it greed and ego, or is it shyness to approach others that makes someone choose to purchase new items instead of sharing, trading, or purchasing secondhand items? You know, I it, I think it kind of depends, right? I think sure. I think maybe it's maybe none of those things. It could just be inconvenience. Like, That's, yeah, I was gonna say. Right yeah. now, it's like if I got this thing I want to get rid of, I either donate it or I sell it or I trash it, right? Mm-hmm. Because if it, and trash is like the last option if I can't recycle it, right? And and so, but what we're talking about here is well, now I can barter mm-hmm. that item. Before, that was really inconvenient if I wasn't in a commune Mm -hmm. or even if I was in a community like uh, my building has a uh, like internal system and it's hard to post to their technology isn't very good. But the apartment building I live in basically 150 units and we're able to if I I want to get rid of my dining room chairs, I can sell them on there. And that way you don't have to wait for someone outside the community. Craigslist. Yeah, it really is. Um, Or I can say give them away. I can try to barter on there as well, but it, it wouldn't work as well because there, it's the, there's not a critical mass, really. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I think really what you're, you're doing here is you're, you're finding that like, well, we're gonna make it a little bit more convenient for you to barter. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't think it's shyness or greed or, to your point, I don't think it's any of that. There's just not a way to do it. Yeah. yeah. I, it's, it's the idea of, um, so multi-party trading, which is this thing that gets around the problem of mutual coincidence of wants, like the only time we really see multi-party trading in, in the real world is like multi-team sports trades. And that, right. and that takes like rooms full of people, weeks to do to figure out the relative value of all these assets. Yeah. Or, or we see it in organ transplantation. 
Oh. Like, like that, that's the big one that's been around for 20 years that nobody considers around. And by the way, I, you know, it was a doctor friend of mine when I was explaining have need several years yeah. ago. He goes, yeah, that's, that's how we do kidneys. That's insane. So you yeah. can't get kidneys off a of have need though, right? No, we're going to allow that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so there's no there's no organ right, no, no organ, organ transplant, transplants either. Yes. Yeah. But, but basically, that's interesting. You know, it, it took um, Alvin Roth is this, this. By the way, this is me competing with Jamie Wheel, quoting somebody very smart. <laughs> Alvin Roth, this Nobel winning economist, and he and a team uh, actually created the about 20 or so years ago created the the organ transplant marketplace concept. Mm. Uh, because it used to be if I needed a kidney and my wife wasn't a match, then I'd go on a list waiting for one. Right. Or, you know, somebody close to me wasn't a match. I'd go on a list waiting for one, and either I would die first or I'd have to hope that somebody else died, mm. right, so I could get their kidney. Yeah. Mm. And then they created this multi-party sort of marketplace where my wife could um, vouch that she would give a kidney. She'll contribute a kidney to the marketplace for somebody who's a match for her. Wow. And in exchange for that, somebody else along the chain who had done the same will give me a kidney. Oh. Right. Wow. And so yeah. that, because you're not allowed to use money for, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've decided as a society that that is a repugnant thing. Yeah. You can't buy and sell kidneys because too many things can go wrong, right? Right. So they had to come up with a way to make it more efficient. Mm-hmm. And so, once again, I wish I had known early on that that's how they did that. It was somebody else telling me, like, yeah, that's great you thought of this multi-party thing, but, you know, we've been doing that for, you know, decades. <laughs> um, but only in really unique areas like that. And so there, there's no, put it this way, there's no shame. There's yeah. no greed. It's, yeah. it's just that's the only efficient way to do things like that. And yeah. so for have need it's this is the efficient way to do things without cash mm-hmm. right yeah amy has a fascinating question for us i teach piano lessons for a living and have considered bartering for a few things that i need in return but the government still wants its cut how do we barter legally without getting the government involved you know i never thought about this but it, it, the, there's no taxation of or is there well so this is pretty interesting um the IRS, and I'm obviously going to be careful in this part of the discussion because I, I, I don't want to step out of line and say something that'll bite me in the ass. Well, this is only going out to like 6,000 people rather than, you know, yeah. 250,000 yeah. people. <laughs> so uh, the IRS has uh, some fairly well-detailed uh, guidelines about bartering, mm. and they're all oriented towards B2B bartering. Mm. So business to business. Yep. Business to business bartering. So the accountant who trades services with the marketing agency, mm-hmm. right? They, they can help each other. And so um, the chiropractor who trades with the guy who prints banners, mm-hmm. right? So basically they say if you are a chiropractor and you give that service to somebody, uh, in a trade, you need to account for the full retail value of what you would have charged for that service as wow. income. <laughs> what, what they don't what they don't address actually in their published documentation is the fact that you have an offsetting business expense, right? That you would have paid the same amount roughly for the banner. So it's almost better to not get taxed on it to actually exchange yeah. money. 
Because, uh, well, you're going to get taxed on the money anyway. Well, because what I'm thinking is, is like, so the chiropractor situation, let's say my uh, adjustment is $100, which you never want me to do a chiropractor adjustment on you, Josh, just so you know, either Josh. Yeah. <laughs> So let's say it's a hundred dollars. It's, it's not good enough for him, but it's good enough for me. <laughs> right, right, right. It's it's a hundred dollars service to get an adjustment, and then it's a hundred dollar banner. Mm-hmm. So we agree to just make the trade. And what the government says is like, well, technically, you got that banner that you got a hundred dollars, so you need to pay taxes on that. No. The, okay. The issue with how the IRS uh, publishes information on this is they only address the one side. They're not saying. Um, that you can't claim the business expense for the banner. Okay. That doesn't necessarily defer to their benefit okay. in how they talk about it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. They only say if you're giving a $100 service to somebody, you need to account for it. They, they omit the other part of the discussion, oh. which is I have spent $100 in services for the banner. To get that banner. Yeah. yeah. So it's a wash. It is It is a wash. Right. At right. the now, end of the day, that's a wash. Now, now, what I would add is our obligation as in, 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 in we're an intermediary, right? Uh-huh. We're, we're a platform, we're a logistics platform that connects these two sides. Right. Our obligation is to provide, for instance, if it was the two of you, the data at the end of the year. You guys had a trade. Mm-hmm. One did a chiropractic crack. Yeah. One printed a banner. Mm-hmm. Put that on your taxes mm-hmm. if you so choose. That's mm-hmm. not up to me. No. I also no. say on eBay, generally speaking, if I sell a jacket out of my closet, mm-hmm. the IRS doesn't generally care about that. If I sell a thousand jackets as an eBay storefront, the IRS cares a lot about that. Right. 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 So if when I read Amy's question, what I thought to myself was she could put in here like, I don't like paying taxes, but the government still wants my taxes. How do I not pay taxes legally? <laughs> it's like the laws yeah. are the laws and we have to follow the laws. Right. The laws are the yeah. laws. Uh-huh. I would say however you deal with other e-commerce platforms on buying and selling mm-hmm. is how you should think about have need, yeah. except for the fact that you have an offsetting transaction, except in the case of donations, right? Mm-hmm. But for us, you have offsetting transactions. So if, if you choose to actually list that on your taxes, I would say list both sides of that transaction. Right, yeah. I got $100 in value and I gave $100 in value. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. I see you've got some of our, our graphics from our film in front of you. Saw that. And there was, uh, I believe you wanted to challenge us on something. Is that right? Oh yeah, let's talk about this so, challenge. That's the perfect way to wrap up. Yeah, for Okay, sure. so it's great right at the end. Right, it's a great yes. card. Yeah, yes. so so for those of you who are just listening to this, he's holding up a card from our film, Less Is Now, and it says, donate, sell, or recycle. It's something from the Less Is Now Challenge. If you hold it up a little bit, you'll actually see it on camera as well. Yeah. Um, but it's something from our film where we're going through the Less Is Now Challenge, and anything that you're getting rid of in yeah. in that, so by the rule is, let's say it's day 15, you have to get rid of 15 items, you have to get out of your house within 15 days, or we, we, I'm sorry, on day 15, you have to get that item out of your house, all 15 items, and your options are donate, sell, or yeah. recycle, Yes. or we have a new one. Let's call Netflix. <laughs> or <laughs> barter for something you need. I love it. Yeah. Yes. You know what? Yeah. That's what oh, a man. great, great uh, appendix it's, to. Yeah, it should have been uh, donate barter sell recycle yeah yes. that would have been great oh man 
Where were you? Where, I don't where know. were you th- four years ago when yeah. we started this <laughs> documentary? <laughs> I don't know. I wish we'd met four years ago. Yeah. I, was, I was already working on Have Need. Yeah. yeah well, that's, that's awesome. uh, yeah, I, I think that it's great. Quite often, the biggest barrier to entry right now is that it's not part of the cultural zeitgeist, mm-hmm. although it's starting to be. Yeah. It's going to happen. And that's yeah. why I wanted to have this conversation is I knew that it's not something I think much about. And part of that is because I don't have a bunch of stuff to get rid of, but still, yeah. I do get rid of some things. Right. You know, even you my wife and I. cycle through stuff. Right. Yeah. It's not that like, well, I got down to my perfect number of items. It's 288, and now yeah. I'm done for the rest of my life. Yeah. I wish it worked that way. But we bring new things into our life, and the things that are adding value today, they stop adding value at some point. And so I'm willing to let those things go. And before, it was donate, sell, recycle. But now there's also a, a fourth option. option. Mm, yeah. Harder. And it, it is an option that gives us an opportunity to meet people in the community, to contribute mm. to the community, but also just to have another option. How nice yeah. is that? Yeah. yeah. It is just, it doesn't necessarily displace any one of these three. Well, it certainly doesn't displace any of the previous three in totality. Right. There's just another category. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It yeah. just fits in this thing where I want to extract some value. I don't need cash for it, but it's worth something. And this connects me into my community. I can Mm -hmm. push this thing back into my community Mm. and I can get something else I need for it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I've never even considered bartering when I am like getting rid of things or even going to free cycle because again, it's easier. It's easiest to throw something away. Mm Mm-hmm. It's uh, a little less easy to donate something, especially during COVID. Like it's right, um, people stop taking things. It's crazy, and and it's even harder to uh, you know list it on FreeCycle, and then it's even harder to to, to barter it. However, um, I do see the value in bartering. So like for me now, like I am going to consider um, when I'm donating things, like maybe if at all else, go to FreeCycle, so then I can direct them to need have. <laughs> or have, have need, have need. <laughs> I've, he- I've heard it called so many things. Right. Want, should, get. Uh, <laughs> right, right, right. So, so, uh, so yeah, I will, uh, if I go to FreeCycle, I promise I'll send them to, to have need for sure. Okay. But, um, but you know, if I need something in return, if I'm looking for something in return, I am going to start thinking about bartering because that would just be an interesting challenge in general yeah. to see, like, could I go a year, like a New Year's resolution just of, I'm going to go a year and only barter for things that I need. Um, that would be extraordinary. It would be extraordinary. I won't hold you to that, but yeah. that would be extraordinary. Well, yeah, I'm not going to hold myself to that. Yeah. But just having that mindset, though, I think um, it would just help me think differently about consumption and about um, donating, for that matter, giving things yeah. away. I would be uh, excited to see, especially with your listener base, mm-hmm. your, your viewer base, your listener base. I, I think they would be more inclined uh, towards uh, taking up this kind of activity than yes. than the general population. Mm-hmm. Yes. So for for any of your listeners and viewers that are interested in this, um, I'm just you know it's easy for me to come up with a code that I can track people. Yeah, great. So anybody who signs up at haveneed.org for this, and remember we're going to open to the public in Q3 of 2021. So it's coming up in a couple of months where anybody will be able to download and trade. And signing up's free. Yeah, signing up's free. Okay. Uh, just put in there's an invite code box when you sign up on the on the main on the homepage of haveneed.org just in that invite code type in minimalists okay unless you would appreciate the 
in front of it. No, uh, just trying to make it easy. Minimalist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can take you take the out of there. Yeah. Just yeah. type in minimalists caps, no caps. I don't care. It'll just allow me to track it because I'd I'd really like and I will, I'll I'll circle back with you guys and let you know how awesome. it's going with your people. That's yeah. great. That's no, beautiful. this is this is outstanding. Yeah, I'm so glad we could do this because, yeah, I, I love having this fourth option for our listeners and for anyone else. Awesome, Josh Klein. Thank you so much, brother. Keep Ryan, up the great work, brother. Josh, <laughs> what a pleasure to meet you guys. Likewise. I'm a, I'm a follower. I'm a believer. So uh, it's a treat for me to be in this room with oh, you guys. Oh, thank you, brother. It's great to have you. Thanks. All right, y'all. Love people, use things. We'll see you next time. See you, patrons. The Minimalists. <laughs>